turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. A lot of smart people in the world. <clears throat> Vivek Ramaswamy is one of them. He's about to join us to talk about his presidential campaign. I want to get his take on uh, the, the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, one of the smartest guys I see on TV, and I've been looking forward to talking to him uh, talking with him for a long time. Let me quickly thank you for what you did on Friday. As you know, one of our, our missions here at the Mike Gallagher Show is to um, welcome uh, the generosity of our listeners to help people all over the world. We have a partnership with uh, the Christian ministry Food for the Poor. I've been highlighting the great work of this great nonprofit relief organization for years. And right now, worldwide, the perfect storm of economic decline, loss of work, skyrocketing food prices, children are starving. And Food for the Poor has has people on the ground in Haiti, Honduras, the Caribbean, all over the world. And I told you Friday we were behind in our can- our spring campaign. Our goal, pretty modest goal of $40,000, and uh, we were less than half that. Well, you, you got us over the hump on Friday. Uh, do you know that $144 will feed two children for two meals a day for a year? That's an amazing way that, that, that you can start your work week. I hope you'll take a moment. If you're listening to my voice, please go to MikeOnline.com and give whatever you can afford to give on the Give Food, Give Life bright red banner at the top of the page. And let's make a difference in the world. Uh, you know, God calls us to, to be good stewards and to, and to look out for one another. And I can't think of a better way to do it than with Food for the Poor, a beautiful Christian ministry. I've traveled all over the world with these folks, uh, and they mean a lot to me. They build a house in honor of my late wife. There's a Denise Gallagher house in Jamaica that a family proudly lives in, and they had previously been living on the side of a hill under a tarp. That's the kind of work Food for the Poor does. Please go to MikeOnline.com. If you're blessed and you want to share your blessings with the less fortunate, please go to MikeOnline.com. Click on that red banner at the top of the page, or pick up the phone and call 844-860-HOPE, 844-860-4673. And thank you. Thank you for your love, for your support, for your generosity. What an honor it is to welcome American entrepreneur, author, political activist, and Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy to the Mike Gallagher Show. Vivek, I've been looking forward to speaking with you for a long time. I know we were scheduled for later, but I thank you so much for accommodating us and getting us coming on early with our, 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 our viewers and listeners because this story out of Silicon Valley is something that should be right in your wheelhouse. You wrote a big Wall Street op-ed saying we should absolutely not be bailing out Silicon Valley Bank. I want to dive into that. But first of all, again, thanks for making time for our audience. We really appreciate you very much. How are you? Doing well. I'm a fan of the show, and uh, and we were free, so I wanted to make it work, and it's good to be on. How are you? You're, you're very kind. I'm great. And, uh, and you know, a lot of I've been getting tons of emails and text messages and, and calls about your candidacy. You're one of those stealth candidates. Now, you are, you know, you're early on throwing your hat in the ring, challenging the big guy, let's face it, which is no easy task. But you're one of those stealth candidates where every time people see you, every time they hear your message, they say, wait a minute. 
this guy makes a lot of sense. This guy talks to me. This guy addresses the needs that I have uh, as an American, my family. Your, your common sense, of course, you're, you're, you're lifted up by frequent media appearances. Or you're a big Fox News favorite, I think. But, but what does it take emotionally, uh, mentally, to challenge a guy who, let's face it, still has a lot of popularity within the Republican base, and that's Donald J. Trump? That can't be easy. I don't think that that's easy. I don't take on easy challenges. And I'm not even I don't even think about it as running against Donald Trump. I'm running for this country. That's even the bigger challenge is that we're in the middle of this national identity crisis where most people in this country can't even answer the question of what it means to be an American today. Answering that question for most of this country, that's actually the biggest challenge. And that's what this campaign is all about. It is not even a political campaign. It is a cultural campaign to restore a missing national identity. And I think that's the secret to actually addressing our real challenges, unleashing the American economy, unleashing the power of American productivity, taking on China on the global stage. We can do these things, but only if we believe in ourselves here at home. And right now what happens is we have this black hole of a vacuum in American life where wokeism, climatism, gender ideology, they will fill the void when you have this black hole of meaning and purpose at the heart of the American soul, what I'm doing is we need to fill that void of purpose with something more meaningful, a rich vision of national identity. And if we do that, and only if we do that, then can we take on the economic and foreign policy challenges that we face. And I'm running for president because I think it's going to take a real outsider to, to actually be able to do this job. Donald Trump was a real outsider back in 2015 and 2016. I give him credit for what he did. You get to be an outsider once. At the end of the day, now we need a fresh perspective of somebody who can really call out. And I've been doing this even, this relates to the Silicon Valley Bank situation, relates to a lot of the corruption in the RNC. I am going to be the number one fighter in this country against corruption at every level. Corruption in the federal government, corruption in the woke industrial complex, in the ESG movement, even corruption within the Republican National Committee and the Republican Party itself. I will not take any, any, I will not hold back any punches. And the reason why is I'm not beholden to some donor class. You know, I've lived the full arc of the American dream. I didn't ring a tin can asking for Republican donors for permission to run. I'm going to do this by speaking truth. I think that's a formula to win. But you know what? If it's a formula to lose, so be it. I'd rather not win and actually be captured by a system. I'm going to be speaking truth at every step of the way. I received an email over the weekend from Leo in Los Angeles. He said, I watch all of presidential politics carefully. He said, Mike, keep your eye on this Vivek Ramaswamy. Everything that we've been looking for, and the email was, I, I should forward it to your campaign. You ought to use it as an ad. Because he, he, this guy was, he said, you want an America First candidate? It's him. You want an entrepreneur who, who did it the hard way? It's him. You want a guy who puts the country first? It's him. You want somebody who's wicked smart and understands economics, understands foreign policy? It's him. You got a fan in L.A. named Leo. And again, like I say, more and more people who hear you um, are enamored with your message and what you bring to the table. Let's talk about Vivek Ramaswamy before we get into the banking collapse and what the government should do about it. Because again, you, you sort of come, you know this world better than most. Tell us your story because people see you a lot on Fox News. You're obviously charismatic. You're personable. You're smart. What's the Vivek Ramaswamy story? Uh, take, give us the kind of the thumbnail Reader's Digest version, if you will, of your life. I mean, it starts really bluntly with a strong family foundation, both with my parents and then the family we're building here in Ohio today. My parents came as immigrants in the late 70s and early 80s. They did not have a lot of money when they came here. 
But I'd say the number one thing I benefited from growing up, and this is probably the biggest competitive advantage anybody could have, not some big financial inheritance. In some ways, right. that would have been an encumbrance. I wouldn't have achieved the things that I had in my life if that's what I had waiting for me. The thing I benefited from was a family foundation that emphasized education, emphasized merit, emphasized excellence. That was what my upbringing was all about. And I'm really grateful to my parents for it. We're trying to give that to our kids now. Anyway, I ended up you know, going to Harvard for college. I studied molecular biology. I pursued a first career in science. I became a, first a biotech investor. Then I actually left to found a biotech company that was designed to challenge the managerial bureaucracy of big pharma. Big pharma is a broken industry. It's a regulated industry by FDA, and it tries to imitate FDA. Well, you know what? As a capitalist, I said that creates opportunity. So I developed a number of drugs in areas that big pharma was not focused on. That resulted in actually five FDA-approved products. I'm incredibly proud of them. One of them is an FDA-approved drug for prostate cancer today. It's a multi-billion dollar business. I built it from scratch. I led it as CEO for seven years. But I stepped down from my job as a CEO to focus on this different kind of cancer in America. It was a cancer that threatened to kill the dream that allowed me to achieve what I had. It's this new woke religion. This new, it's not even a religion. It's really a cult. It hasn't withstood the test of time. That's why I call it a cult. You know, climatism, COVIDism, gender ideology, racial wokeism that really threatened to kill even Martin Luther King's dream from 60 years ago. And so I couldn't do that as a CEO. I would have damaged my company if I was speaking out while I was still CEO. So I stepped aside. I wrote three books. Two of them are out already, Woke Inc. and Nation of Victims. The third one's going to come out later this year. But I traveled the country. I've been to a majority of states. And as much as I, you know, was talking about the problem, I'm a man of action. I believe in solving problems. I actually started Strive Asset Management then to take on BlackRock, to compete directly with BlackRock, offering an alternative to ESG, saying that companies should focus exclusively on their products and services for profit over these environmental and social progressive agendas that BlackRock and others were pushing. Thankfully, Strive had some major success early on, crossed half a billion dollars in just over three months after we launched our first fund last year. But at the end of the day, I also think that we're missing a cultural revival in this country where that trick only works if you have a populace, a culture that's willing to buy up those victimhood narratives. And that's really what compelled me to run for president, to say you that, know, you know, what, what, what we really need is that an American revival. And I, I picked the most impactful way to do it. And that's I, love the way, I love the way you phrase that, because uh, uh, there is an American revival going on, I, or, or, or there are millions of us who want one. Uh, I sense it. I mean, even you know, over the weekend, President Trump released a video, a, a, a January 6th political prisoners video. I, you probably heard about it. it went to number one on the iTunes chart. Um, and I, I was reading about it, and it was, you know, some January 6th, about 20 of the prisoners, Trump narrating One Nation, you know, or the Star Spangled Banner, uh, and, and the Pledge of Allegiance. And But reading about it, I thought, well, it was released on iTunes, it was released on Apple and Spotify. Vivek, there was a time that wouldn't have even happened. The censorship has been exposed in a major way. Um, people are pushing back in a major way. And I would submit it's thanks to people like you who are sounding the clarion call uh, with your tremendous book, Woke Inc. Everybody should read this. Um, and, and your message. I'm, I'm telling you, again, more and more people that get to know you, they like you a lot. If you don't mind, stick around for a couple more moments because the author of Woke Inc. can, can definitively answer whether or not wokeness is responsible for the banking collapse that we've seen over the last couple of days. We'll continue with Vivek Ramaswamy, a Republican presidential candidate, American entrepreneur, author of Woke Inc., Nation of Victims. He's a brilliant guy. 
Um, and uh, as you hear him, I think you, you learn why. You can go to Vivek2024.com to learn about his presidential candidacy. V-I-V-E-K, Vivek2024.com. More with Vivek and you as the Mike Gallagher Show continues in the ReliefFactor.com studios. Want the Mike Gallagher Show 24-7? There's an app for that. Go to MikeOnline.com. Continuing with presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek, we're getting slammed with calls and uh, people just saying thank you for, for Vivek's voice. And a lot of people asking questions about where you stand on, on some of the issues. We're, you and I are both pretty verbose, so let's try to limit this to a little bit of a round, a round robin here. 30 seconds or less on where you are on some major issues. Let's start with the Second Amendment. Important. It's a hard line of defense. Actually, it's the Second Amendment. First Amendment's the most important. The Second Amendment is the second most important because it actually gives teeth to all of the others. You want to know why Iran and a bunch of other countries that claim to have these freedoms that we enshrine also in their constitutions don't actually practice what they preach, even China? It's because they don't have a Second Amendment. And people forget this. It's not just about sport. It's about actually making sure you protect yourself from the government, that's what our founders had in mind. But I'll keep it brief because you asked. Well, uh, we check. You, well, you check it. I'm checking the boxes here as we go here, and millions of people listening are saying, "Okay, check that box." How about the pro-abortion, pro-life debate? Where do you stand on the abortion issue? I'm unapologetically pro-life, but I'll tell you this: I also think conservatives need to walk the walk a little bit better of actually making it easier for people to be pro-life along with us. Talking about uh, making adoption easier, talking about even child care for women. I, we have to look at the upstream causes. If we really believe what we do as firmly as we do, we got to walk the walk, too. Right. I also believe in talking about a greater culture of responsibility for men. And I think that'll help us bring a lot of independence and even Democrats along if we don't just say it's a burden on women. I think men in this co- country need to take some responsibility, frankly, and practice virtue rather than just making it a women's issue. But I'm unapologetically pro-life, and I also walk the walk in the ways that I talked about. Okay, Vivek, do this in in the way that you are so good at. Uh, Talk to us in layman's terms about the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and then Signature Bank out of New York over the weekend. There are two narratives, and I love how all the smart kids act like they know everything about this, and when you listen to them, they don't know anything about it. I mean, uh, most Americans are scratching our heads trying to understand it all. The two narratives that are disputed, number one, this is a result of woke policies. Nobody speaks to this better than you do, like ESG, and that's what's doing these banks in. And number two, the government is bailing these banks out, even though they shouldn't. Address both of those to us, and again, keep it simple for us, because uh, we're we're all trying to learn it. I'm one of the biggest opponents of corporate wokeness and ESG, believe me. And it it plays a small role in this story, but I don't want to pretend like that's the main story just because it's my favorite topic, because it's not. Here's actually what happened. All right, Silicon Valley Bank used depositor money to take risks by buying the kinds of securities, like mortgage-backed securities, they call them, that go down in value when interest rates go up. But a lot of their depositors are tech companies who also do more poorly and need cash when interest rates go up. So guess what? Interest rates went up. That meant Silicon Valley Bank was in trouble and the bank failed. Now, a lot of depositors are tech companies in Silicon Valley that irresponsibly put way too much money. Roku put $400 million plus 
in Silicon Valley Bank. That's rash, that's irresponsible, it's inexcusable. Well, the way it works in capitalism is that if you do that and your competitors don't, that's good for your competitors and not good for you. That's how capitalism works. But here's what they did. They said, no, 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 we actually need a bailout instead to get bailed out for those bad decisions. Mm -hmm. This is corruption, this is crony mm -hmm. capitalism. And the story right. gets worse because Silicon Valley Bank itself lobbied for years for more loose risk requirements than normal bigger banks because they said, we're not ever gonna be systemically important that the government's never gonna have to save us anyway. Right. Well, guess what? In their hour of need, them and their cronies argued that they were systemically important. And guess what? Silicon Valley won. We bailed out a bunch of tech companies that banked with Silicon Valley Bank. And that's actually crony capitalism yeah, all the yeah. way down. And I called that out for what it is. Bingo. Bingo. Final question. I, and again, forgive me, but let's face it. It's the elephant in the room. Let's talk about your relationship with Donald Trump. I mean, because uh, you're, you're oh. competing with him. Uh, what is your how do you describe your relationship with President Trump? And should your president presidential run fall short? Is there a place for Vivek Ramaswamy in a in a in a Trump cabinet or in a Trump administration? Well, I'll answer both of those, but the first is Donald Trump and I are friends, actually. We have a good relationship and mutual respect. I think he's a big fan of Woke Inc. Last time I saw him at a dinner, at least, he was uh, waxing eloquent about it, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. And I respect what he did in 2015. He was a true outsider. I think the real question is, also, I'll say this about Donald Trump. He's misunderstood. He actually cares deeply about national unity. I do know him. But the question is, who's actually going to deliver national unity? And the question in this race is, do we want a national divorce or do we want a national revival? And I'm running to deliver a national revival. And I'm not doing this for some second or third place position. I'm doing this to go the distance. There's plenty of ways to have impact. You don't run for president just for the fun of it. You run for it because you actually care to deliver that change to the country. But the first stop, here's what I will say is, forget the question of the who this year. Me, Donald Trump, whoever it is, forget the question of the who. Let's define this year the what and the why. What do right. we stand for? Why do we stand for it? Next year is the who. And that's yeah. why I say, give me just $1, $5 at Vivek2024.com. That's what determines debate stage placement. Let's actually have that debate this year. Vivek Ramaswamy, again, we're grateful that you accommodated us today, and we hope to have you back soon. Hey, we're a fan. You, 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 you check all the boxes, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best. God bless, and uh, keep fighting the good fight. We'll see you again soon. Thank you. I appreciate it.